Welcome to the Win Daily Show. It is not a familiar crew. Well, I guess it kind of is. We've got Jason Mizrahi here, owner, CEO, the man of WinDailySports.com. Win Daily everything. Uh, I am Sia. I'm hosting today because Michael Raziel decided that football and golf, golf show was yesterday, are more important, or, or his wife is more important than those things. And that is not cool, but he's in St. Lucia having a good time. So, Jason, how are you today? We're here. You're on the NFL show. How are you feeling? Feeling good, man. Usually don't do these weekday shows, but feeling good about it. We're live. We're, we're talking sports. So, like Michael usually says, it's a good time to be alive. We made it through half our work week, and now we're ready to start focusing in on some NFL games, man. We have two slates. We have one slate. You have showdown slates. So a lot of different ways to play it out. And then you got the betting side of things, which I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow Steve. I'm going to follow our team. We've been crushing the playoffs so far, so I'm happy about that. And hopefully, you know, we ride out and make some more money this weekend. Yeah, so uh, last week we did really well. We were on most of the dogs. I know for the Sirius XM recording, video recording that I do for them, we were three for three. Um, the Colts was a big one for us. I really like that one. But uh, I, we got we only got a four-game slate, so we're going to talk some DFS. We're going to talk some betting. Um, I, I, there's actually quite a few lines. I mean, I, I think I'm going to have a play on all of these games, to be honest with you. I, I think a tease will be involved, too. And by the way, Jason, I don't know. You know, Michael's not here. If, if you – Re, if you tweet this out or something like that, so so I can retweet. I don't know if you have that capability, but I don't think I do. So, um, but listen, Jason, let's get started with the first game. So, four thirty-five Eastern Standard Time, we've got the Los Angeles Rams against the Green Bay Packers. Over under a forty-five and a half. Green Bay is favored by six and a half. Now, we know the Rams have some guys that are you know kind of banged up here. We you know Cooper Cup. I think he's, you know, all these guys are going to be active, right? Even if Cooper Cup was was super injured, they, they'd probably list him as active because, you know, they're, they're going to want the Packers to scheme for him and game plan for him. I think he's going to play some snaps, but I don't think he's going to play a full complement of snaps. But outside of that, we have Aaron Donald. Donald says he's feeling healthy. So it looks like we have the full roster. I mean, we know it's going to be Cam Maker season at running back, and that's a smart DFS play just like it was last week. But just from a line standpoint, Jason – what are you liking here? Again, it's Green Bay favored by six and a half and an over under of 45 and a half. It's already dropped. Like it was the last time I looked at it, I think we did a show on Sunday. And even when I was looking at it um, earlier this week with, with John on Philly Fox Sports Radio, it was over seven. It was seven and a half, seven, you know, depending on the book. Now it's down to six and a half. That makes me lean more on the Packers. I think Cooper Cup, if he's going to play, he's not a speedster, he's not a burner. So he's really a possession receiver, almost runs like tight end routes, just finds ways to find opening spots in, in the zone. So, you know, not really going to play against, you know, the, them being injured. Cup, you know, if there's some reports come out where he's really hobbled, it definitely changes things. But I don't think the Rams try to stay in this game and, and stay with the Packers by throwing the ball 40 times. They're going to have to run the ball, run Cam Akers. You know, Cam left the game a little bit early as well, but he looked okay. I'm more more worried about can they score enough points to compete with the Packers. They can play with the lead and rely on that run game and that defense, but if the Packers get up, you know, two touchdowns in, in the first quarter, first half, I don't see Jared Goff lighting up this this Packers defense that's gotten better. So I don't know. Call me call me a rookie, but I'm gonna go with the favorite here. I just don't buy Goff. I, I love the defense on the backside, but this is not uh a quarterback that's going to be scared or worried or, or frazzled in the pocket. So it's not a good matchup for, for the Rams because I just don't think they can put up enough points against the Packers. So that's where I'm leaning right now. If you had to make a bet right now, I would go with the Packers, especially with the line. I know it's dropping the opposite way, so obviously there's some sharp money probably on the Rams here. But I'm going to lean with Aaron Rodgers, the better quarterback and a better offense. Yeah, I mean, I I see what you're saying. I, I it, you know, I'm probably going to be betting the Rams too, and it, it's largely because of the golf factor. But honestly, I don't think the Packers are going to score too many points. I mean, I I think they can cover and also not score too many points personally. But this Rams defense is definitely legit. And let's not forget the left tackle for the Green Bay Packers, David Bakhtiari. He's not playing, so you know, I, I just think it's going to be a, like a lot of punting. To be honest with you. But I do think the Packers end up covering this spread. I, I want to ask you, though, from a DFS standpoint, and by the way, 
I kind of like this game in a tease. I know teases are, are sucker plays, but if you wanted to do a tease with, for example, and we'll get to the Kansas City Chiefs game, um, which is now sitting at 10. Now, if, if you if you took that tease two days ago or a day ago, that was at nine and a half. So you, then you could do a seven point tease and get it under that key number of three. Now they're not letting you do that, which totally makes sense, frankly. But uh, that that's something to consider, a tease with those two games. But um Listen, outside of Cam Akers, I don't know that I'm love in love with any DFS plays. Let, let's just talk about DraftKings pricing real quick. Cam Akers is only 5,700. I mean, that's pretty reasonable given we know he's going to get the volume. I mean, he got it last week. We knew he was going to get it last week. and he, he smashed for us for the entire Windaley family. But we can't count on Rob, you know, whether it's Wolford or Jared Goff. I mean, obviously, if it's Jared Goff, that, that's going to make Robert Woods and Josh uh, – well, not Josh Reynolds, but Cooper Cup, you know, a lot more viable. But honestly, outside of Cam Akers, the only guys I'm considering, and I've made a couple lineups, are Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson. And that's just because of salary relief and the idea that, well, if Cooper Cup doesn't play a full complement of snaps, you're looking at Van Jefferson, you're looking at Josh Reynolds, maybe sucking up some of those targets. And if you want to do, you know, listen, if you want to get some studs in from that Ravens-Bills game and from that Chiefs-Browns game, you know, you, you have to sacrifice somewhere. And that, that might be a, a sacrificial play, if you will. But just from a DFS standpoint, Jason, anybody that's like eye popping to I mean, obviously Devontae and Aaron Jones are big names, but are, are those guys sort of in your player pool right now? Or are you or is it a hard pass? As of right now, like I haven't built any like solid lineups and solid builds. I really don't do that till late Friday or typically late Saturday night, Sunday morning, wait to get all the news. And by doing my research, but my gut right now is saying, Fade this game, you know, for the most part in its entirety. The Rams' defense is legit. And not only is the Rams' defense really good, my take on the Green Bay Packers' offense right now is that it's so spread out. There's not like one go-to guy like Devontae Adams was to start this season when everybody else was banged up. Now they have a legit tight end that's scoring a touchdown a game. Now they have three or four receivers. That Aaron Rodgers is not one of those quarterbacks that just forces the ball to the stud receiver and hopes he comes down with it. He hits whoever's wide open. He makes the right read, the right play. So there can be a game where, you know, each of the guys grab five passes for 50 yards, and that's not going to be enough to take down a tournament. You know, if I got this game wrong, I'll probably lose, but I think this is going to be one of the lower-scoring games. The Rams' defense is really damn good, man. They're, they're, they're the number one defense for a reason. They really don't have any holes. They'll bring pressure to Aaron Rodgers. I can see an Aaron Jones play just because I think the Packers are going to be up. But he's been splitting carries with, you know, not only Jamal Williams now, with Dylan as well. So there's there's three backs there to worry about. Um, I think Tanyan's probably the, the – I know it sounds crazy, but probably the safest play on the Packers for me. And then Cam Akers, you can roll him out. Um, game script might go in the opposite direction, so you want to get those Cam Akers points early. And you got to see what's going on with Tampa Bay between Fournette and Ronald Jones, because they're kind of in that same price range. If, if Jones is out, and I, I believe he missed practice again today, then Fournette would probably pop as a better value. But Akers at that price really can't do damage. Um, we've seen it in the postseason so far. You just want to avoid the goose eggs. You want to avoid the Gronkowski zero or the John Brown zero or the running back that's in a timeshare. You really want to get those raw points, 10, 15 points. Um, look, if, if a Pittsburgh-Cleveland game happens again, you know, that's a that's an oddity. That's not going to happen most playoff games where it's this eternal shootout that just never ends and there's points everywhere and quarterbacks are throwing the ball 68 times. But this is probably the game that I'm going to be fading for the most part. You know, in a two-game slate, if you're just playing a Saturday or a Sunday, you'll obviously have shares of this game and you'll take some Aaron Rodgers, you take some Devontae Adams, you take some Aaron Jones, you run back some Cam Akers, assume that Cooper Cup at this point is a little bit hobbled so you'll probably want to go with some Robert Woods or maybe a Josh Reynolds. If the reports look bad, you know, Reynolds and Higby would be a guy that I would kind of pivot over to because those they're too cheap if Cooper Cup is out. And Robert Woods will be too cheap if Cooper Cup is out. So you got to look at these practice reports. But for right now, in a four-game slate, if we're talking a four-game slate, there's better games on the board right now that I'm going to target. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Robert Tanyan. He's he's probably my favorite from from the Packers. First of all, he's only 4,200, which which is a pretty good deal. Listen, you're either going to pay up for Kelsey or you're not going to pay up for Kelsey. So if you're not paying up for Kelsey, I think Robert Tanyan or Austin Hooper are the plays. But I really like Tanyan for a couple reasons. I mentioned David Bakhtiari. So the, the pass rush is going to get to Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to need to release the ball 
pretty quickly. I don't know if he's going to be able to get through all of his reads. So if it's not Devontae Adams, I honestly think he's just going to be looking down the middle of the field to a big target who he know he knows he can rely on. Listen, he can't rely on MVS. You know, MVS drops, you know, six out of 10 balls. So I think Tanyan is going to be the second best target for Aaron Rodgers. So at 4,200, listen, if you fade Devontae and you play Robert Tanyan or Tanyan as he likes to be called, and Tunyon gets one or two touchdowns, and, and Adams has even even if Adams has a touchdown in a handful of catches, I mean you've really you know inside that game inside that team you, you've owned you know that that's nice leverage off of Devontae Adams to a guy that you know has a touchdown equity. So yeah, I, I like Tunyon quite a bit. I'm glad you brought him up. So Cam Akers and Tunyon are, are my favorite guys. But again, as far as the as far as the spread is concerned, before we get to that Ravens game, I like the Packers. Like I just I just. It's Goff, man. I mean, I I don't know. I, I can't put any faith behind Goff. And if they do get down early, you're right. That game script might flip a little bit, and he might have to throw the ball with a thumb that you know isn't. And by the way, the Packers know too that 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 isn't fully healed. It's impossible for that thing to be fully healed. So, yeah, give me the Packers. I don't love it, but but I do like it. I'll tell you what. I, I like this other one a little bit better. Um, and and I mentioned this. I think the line might have come out. While we were on Sirius, Jason, on Sunday night, we had we had the late night spot Sunday night when we were live. And, and I might have mentioned then that I like Baltimore plus two and a half at the Bills. I just feel like the, I, I do think the Bills are a good team. And I understand what's about to come to me, right? It's like, oh, the Josh Allen, the Josh Allen hate. You Not know, only it, that, man, it's a, it's it's the Bills. I think are a more complete team. I really do. Outside of the oh, running game, outside of the running game, they, they're a better team. I actually agree that they're a more complete team. And for the record, I think the winner of this game beats the Kansas City Chiefs in the next round and goes to the Super Bowl. And I said that on Sirius as well. I'm going to stand by that. I think these are two really good teams. There's no question that the Bills are, are, are more well-rounded. But I just think they're catching the Ravens at the wrong time. Now, Lamar doesn't really look good as a passer still, but he, he's doing it with his legs. And I think that defense is going to give Josh Allen some problems. They do blitz a lot, but I think – more importantly, I think they're going to confuse Josh Allen with their coverages. And, you know, let's not forget, you know, Josh Allen, he's had an amazing season, but he's not like captain experience yet either. So neither is Lamar, but but I just think that defense is really going to put it on Josh Allen. Now, this is a 50-point total. So what is that? It's the th I mean, it's actually, believe it or not, this is the third lowest total out of the four games. But so there will be points in this game, but I just think the Ravens are going to produce some turnovers, and I don't think the Bills are going to be able to stop the running game, not just Lamar Jackson, but J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So that's what I'm looking at there. It's one of those things I think the line should be pick them personally. And so if I'm getting two and a half points, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Ravens. But I agree with your premise. The more well-rounded team is the Bills. And I assume, Jason, is that the team you're taking, minus two and a half? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, don't place that bet with your sports book or however you wager these days. Place the bet with me. I won't take your money. We'll make a friendly bet. I just don't. I think the Bills are destined to win a couple games. I'm not sure that they'll beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are still Superman, the unstoppable team. That offense is just too good. That defense is well rounded. They're they're a champion. Someone's really got to deliver a knockout punch to to get them out of these playoffs and to defeat them in the Super Bowl. If they make it there. But I think Josh Allen, he's gritty. Um, there's no weakness to, to what he brings to the table right now. He can run the ball when he has to. You saw them stop the Colts, you know, on that fourth down play. And then Allen just took over and just basically ran down and, and willed himself into a touchdown and took the lead and, and never really gave it up. Um, that defense, pretty good. The only thing the Bills don't have is a run game. You know, that's the only thing they don't have, which, you know, they're going to have to play four quarters with Lamar. Uh, you know, if, to the Ravens' credit, they just have to – they have to run Lamar. It's going to turn into like a college offense. They need to run this guy for 100, 150 yards to win this game because the passing attack is just not there. You know, to rely on Marquise Brown to catch passes and Mark Andrews to fight double teams and get open, you know, there's really no weapons there. They have to go up early. They have to rely on a run game with a lot of Lamar, some extra J.K. Dobbins. I just don't see them – you know – they stopped Tennessee, but there was a, a path to stop Tennessee, which is just shut down Derrick Henry. There's real no path to, to shut down the Bills because I think they're complete. You know, they can come at you from all angles. They can run the ball if they have to. Josh Allen can run the ball. And then you have, you know, two to three legit, you know, wide receivers that can find ways to get open. So I think Diggs is going to be a problem for them. I think Josh Allen's going to be a problem. So I think the Bills take this, you know, not fully on it. 
you know, from like a game stack perspective. And I learned my lesson a little bit with Lamar Jackson. If they do get the lead on the Baltimore side of things, they're going to bleed this clock out with the run game. And it's going to slow down the pace dramatically. So if I'm going to stack it, I'm going to stack it from the Josh Allen side. Um, him and Diggs is the easiest combo. Not sure who I want to run it back if I even run him, even if I want to run it back. Um, so it's probably not really game stack material either. Getting these these playoff games right, you got to find a game that really shoots out, stays tight, and, and you know goes over fifty, and everybody's you know passing the ball, you know all four quarters. I just don't see it with Lamar, you know, coming back unless they unless they take a big lead early, unless they went up, you know. 21-7 in, in the first half, and then they can ride out for another 14 points or 20 points. I don't see this game really shooting out. So from DFS, a little bit of Allen. You know, I'll have some shares of Lamar Jackson. I'll have more Josh Allen than, than Lamar Jackson. And from a betting perspective, I definitely – I'll lean on the Bills. So one thing I, I do want to say from a betting standpoint that I have some DFS comments too. Well, first of all, listen, the, the Indianapolis Colts, okay, so they have a good running game. A great running game. They have a solid defense. They don't have much of a passing attack. I mean, they have it, but it's not anything that anyone's super intimidated by. I mean, Philip Rivers, right? So does that sound familiar to you? Because the Colts probably, I, I wouldn't want to say they should have beaten the Bills, but they very easily could have beaten the Bills. And I think the team makeup and the, the makeup of the roster that the Colts have is actually quite similar to what the, the Baltimore Ravens have. Yes, Philip Rivers might have them in, in the arm department, I guess, in terms of accuracy. I mean, that throw that Lamar yeah. Jackson had to Boykin last week was like laughably bad. I'm pretty sure, Jason, you and I could have gotten it there closer to the sideline than Lamar Jackson did. But my point is, the Ravens are a very similar team than the Indianapolis Colts. And we saw that the Bills very well could have lost that game last week. So as well-rounded as we think they are, there are definitely holes. And you brought up one of the big ones. If you can't run the ball, you know, you turn into the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that can be a really big problem when the defense knows you can't run the ball. But, and by the way, the line's two and a half. They're just begging you to take the favorite, right? It's not three. It's not three and a half. It's two and a half. They want you to put your money on the bills. At least that's as far as I see it right now. We'll see if that if that line shifts. But from a DFS standpoint, I did want to bring up Devin Singletary. I, I wanted to ask you about him because, listen, Taiwan Jones isn't getting in this game. Antonio Williams isn't getting in, getting in this game. Zach Moss is out of this game. It seems to me that 4,500 on DraftKings, that Devin Singletary is like, kind of an easy play to make because he will get some dump offs and he will get almost all of the carries and he's not a terrible running back. So at 4,500, doesn't he seem like a, a pretty smart play? I think he's pretty smart for cash. You know, I think he's a, he's an awesome cash game. You know, if you're playing your 50 fifties and your double ups, there's no way I don't see him getting, you know, eight to 10 points. And, you know, for the most part hitting value at 4,500, the upside might not be there enough. Like I said, if Ronald Jones is out and Fournette is at 4,900 and you want to go with, you know, one more expensive running back like a Kamara type or an Aaron Jones type and then run, you know, one cheaper guy and you're not running a three running back set, I probably have Fournette slightly above if Ronald Jones is out. Now, if Ronald Jones is in, it becomes a tighter situation. Baltimore, we saw what they did to Derrick Henry, not to say that they're going to stack the box against Devin Singletary, but they can shut down the run game. And I think you got to beat them through the air more likely than not. And that's where you're going to go to, you know, Josh Allen, the digs, you know, on, on DraftKings, Beasley's definitely in play again. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with John Brown, but Singletary at that price, he makes a lot of sense. Like he can't burn you. Definitely a, a great cash game play. And if he falls into the end zone one time and who's to say that he can't fall in twice, he'll smash value. So I think it's a great play. People will be on him. Like sharp people will be on him. You know, I wouldn't stack him per se with Josh Allen if you're fading this game and you think it's going to be more, you know, lopsided, not really a shootout, and the Bills get up. Singletary at 4,500 is a really cheap price because we've seen, you know, a lot of these games are played tighter, except for that Pittsburgh Cleveland game where no real running back had like a monster day. Kamara had a good game, not great. Um, Derrick Henry had a terrible game. Chubb, pretty good game. Obviously, he was in that shootout game, but. Dobbins, nothing special. So to get value at 4,500 to pay up for some wide receivers, you know, it's definitely a sharp play. Yeah. And by the way, I made a lineup. I've made a few lineups so far. And one lineup I did make was with Lamar Jackson. And I just played him naked because 
I, I didn't, you know, I don't want to have to decide between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards or Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews or, you know, even some of those lower end guys like Miles Boykin. So, um, yeah, I, I think you can play Lamar naked. And if you want to like try to try to get stackish and you want to save money, I think Beasley is, is a smart play. I mean, obviously Diggs is the better play. But again, if you're trying to get a lot of pieces of, for example, that um, that Kansas City game, like you can only afford so much. So I think Beasley is the the obvious step down from uh, Stefan Diggs as opposed to John Brown. But let's get to that Cleveland Browns. Now, this is the highest total. Cleveland Browns at Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under here is 57. So this is the highest total, and it's not even close. Just to chronicle that, the next highest total is the Bucks versus the Saints. That's 51 and a half. And then we talked about the other two. The Bills game is 50, and then that Rams-Packers game is 45 and a half. So that Rams-Packers game, that's the lowest, and it's not even close. And then this Browns-Chiefs is the highest, and it's not even close. Kansas City's favored by 10 points. I don't really see how the – I mean, listen – I just said that Kansas City is going to lose in the next round to either the Bills or the Ravens. I believe that. But I just think the Browns match up so poorly to the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think I'm probably going to include this in a in a sucker tease, but I think I might just take the 10 outright because I think over four quarters they end up doing the damage they need to do. Jason, what's your call here? Yeah, it already went up when we were doing our show on Sunday. As soon as that Browns game ended, I think it opened at 9 or 9.5, and, and now it's already up to 10. So, yeah. Look, the, the Browns, they had a, a miracle start, a snap that goes back into the end zone, never really trailed. Baker looked good enough. The run game looked good enough. But it's a different animal going against these Chiefs, man. You're going to go on the road now to KC and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and that offense. And if it's the opposite start, you know, you got the dream start where you literally got handed a touchdown, 7 nothing lead before you did anything right. You just fell on the ball. You know, if they go into KC and they go down 14 nothing, it's going to be a different sideline, man. It's 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 something Baker, I can't really see him crawling him himself out of, you know, a 14 nothing lead against Patrick Mahomes. Um, so Kareem Hunt, you have that narrative. Not that he did anything right to get kicked out of there. I think Kansas City made the right move by kicking him out. But, you know, he's another guy at $4,000 that's super cheap. You know, so you got that decision between, you know, Kareem Hunt, which looks to be in a perfect game script against Kansas City at 4,800. They should be trailing most of the game, maybe down 10, 14. And, you know, it's the playoffs now, so that it's not like guys are going to be rested for, you know, blowout p- potential or blowout reasons. So Kareem Hunt at 4,800, he's going to be very popular, um, smart play. You got the little narrative to, to throw in there if you, if you believe in those things. So $4,000 is where I'm probably going to be living at you know, on DraftKings at least, because you have the guys you already mentioned, and Kareem Hunt might be better than all of them um, because they're they're using Chubb and Hunt in a timeshare. Their wide receivers are banged up for Cleveland. And Jarvis Landry, you know, I didn't play him in the Saturday-Sunday slate last time around. His price is still really cheap, man, at 5600 on DraftKings. Like, I don't see a way he doesn't hit value there. This game's going to be perfect game script. He's a number one receiver. He really don't have – a number two receiver, you know, their number two receiver might be Kareem Hunt, you know, moving forward in his playoffs. So Landry at 5,600, another good cash game play. So you you stack these, you know, $4,000 running backs, you know, maybe you slide in Kamara. I think Kamara is still a great play um, as your third running back. You grab two of those, Michael Thomas, we'll talk about him soon. I want number one receivers. I don't want guys like, you know, I don't want to play the game of Tampa Bay. I really don't know how that's going to play out every week. They can split it up evenly between Evans, Godwin and Brown. Landry, you know, he's going to get at least six, seven targets. He can fall into the end zone. He can go over 100 yards. They're going to be trailing by a bunch of points. So I'll probably take Landry with Kareem Hunt or or vice versa, just take one of them. But I think they're in a great spot. And I think Tyreek is unguardable. I think Tyreek's the guy you want to pay up for over Devontae Adams, over Stephon Diggs. And I would love to, you know, I haven't built many lineups yet, but I would love to get a lineup with Tyreek Hill. Stephon Diggs and Michael Thomas and going with these cheap running backs and, you know, maybe sliding in, you know, a, a, a nice value of a tight end. You know, I don't know about construction right now, but that's what I was looking at so far. Going Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Kelsey as well. The, the drop off at tight end is going to be pretty drastic. It's like that every single week that Kelsey plays. But, you know, this is going to be another week. I, I think it, you're safe playing Tyreek Hill with Kelsey, even in cash if you like. Um, Andrews, you know, worries me. He, he really he doesn't have the upside that he had last year. 
And if you're going to pay up, you might as well pay all the way up for Kelsey or pay all the way down for, for Tanya that we spoke about earlier. And then I want to get your take on this guy, Austin Hooper. You know, we obviously saw the upside game, you know, with 11 targets last week in that shootout, but he's been pretty consistent uh, while Cleveland's been banged out, uh, banged up. He's gotten double digit points the last four games and he's a cheap, you know, tight end. So I think, you know, if you don't go with Landry and possibly if you don't go with the run game, I think, you know, at that price, Hooper does make sense at 3,800 as well. Yeah, he might be the safest. Well, from a value standpoint, he might be the safest guy on the board because if you're not paying up double the price for literally double the price for Travis Kelsey, you know, as much as I like Tunyon, he doesn't get as many targets as Hooper. So if he doesn't get in the end zone, he, he doesn't necessarily justify getting in your lineup. Well, you know, Austin Hooper is going to get the catches and the targets. So if he falls in the end zone too or catches one in the end zone, that's even better. So at 3,800, I love the value. By the way, there's no way you're getting all four of those guys in your lineups. Trust me, I tried. Oh, not even what guys? Tell, tell me how. You said Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs, uh, Michael Thomas, and Tyreek Hill. Oh, you definitely, I, think you, I think you can. You, yeah. you can, but you like literally you'd be having to take like 3,000 guys the rest. Trust me, you, you can't even get three of those w- with a good rest of your team. I, like I'm looking forward to you trying that because I actually <laughs> tried to get Kelsey and, and Hill in a lineup. It's tough, man. It's really tough sledding. I, I think as far as just if you we're gotta, you about, gotta, you gotta go with like Baker Mayfield or, or Goff, and you can do it. It's, it's actually, yeah, it's super. It's tough. really <laughs> tough. I mean, honestly, from a receiver standpoint, you know, I think you got to pick two top flight receivers, like a Tyreek Hill and a Stephon Diggs, and then try to build around that if that's the strategy you want to do. Because even getting that third receiver in there, wh- whether it's Devonte or Michael Thomas, it just makes it. Like you can't do anything else with your lineup. So, well, well, I mean, listen, we'll, we'll try all those things out. Um, I figured it out. I got the yeah. lineup. It's good. It's in. Did do you already have one? I, I figured out a way. You can go with Higby, you know, hoping that uh, if you go with Higby in the Rams defense with Baker, um, Signatory, and Hunt, you can get all the rest of the guys in with zero left. So it's possible. It's probably not optimal, but it's possible. If you go with a double double tight end stack, and especially if Cooper Cup is out, um, and this lineup does make, you know, somewhat sense that you're you're fading Green Bay, you're going with their defense. Um, I mean the Rams defense, you got Higby in there at three thousand, and then you got all the guys you want with Baker throwing the ball to hopefully Kareem Hunt. Um, and you know, putting up points, Casey running it back with Hill and Kelsey, you got Diggs, Thomas, and your boy Singletary that you put me on to. So it works. Um, if you punt, if you punt running back, running back a little bit more and go the guy like a guy Gus Edwards, you can probably come off of you can come off of Baker and go to Breeze, or you can come off the Rams defense. So there's ways to play around with it. Higby being a nice piece at 3K allows you to do that. Yeah, and I seem to recall the Rams D being a, a pretty good value from a defense standpoint. Yeah, let me ask you this: last week, if you uh, if you have to choose between Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, knowing who the pivots are, um, who who are you taking? It's a good question. Um, hmm. I think the safer play is to come off of Tyreek because there's other wide receivers that can that hit that ceiling. Um, coming off Kelsey. I would not want to watch that game. You know, if you go into that game and you got like a, you take any of these tight ends, a, a Tani or Higby or, you know, an Andrews and, and they go out there and get six points, like you're really going to be behind the eight ball. If you fade Tyreek, which is also going to be scary, don't get me wrong, like I don't want to do that either. But if you, if you fade Tyreek, chances are you have Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas or Stefan Diggs and, and, any of those guys included, you know, you could, I would even throw Jarvis Landry in and the three Tampa Bay guys, you know, any of those guys can go out there and put up a similar game to Tyreek Hill. If, if Reek has one of these games where he goes for 200 in the first half, look, nobody's going to stay with him and you're going to need him to, to cash at the top of the leaderboard. But, you know, at the wide receiver position, there's probably six, seven guys I can mention right now that can hit that same ceiling or close to it you know, from, from what Tyreek can do. But at tight end, nobody on this slate, nobody on any slate this year can really match Travis Kelsey. And he's putting up wide receiver numbers. So I would say definitely in cash, I would go Kelsey over over Tyreek. And in tournaments, you know, Kelsey is the safer play, but, you know, Tyreek still has the upside. So, look, you can play it all different ways. The safe way to play it is, you know, split up your ownership. You know, put Kelsey in cash. 
put a combination of Kelsey by himself, put a combination of Tyreek by himself, and then put them together and, and stack, you know, the Cleveland side with, you know, one or two guys and hope that game shoots out. So there's, there's, there's ways to hedge it out. And I think in these two game slates, four game slates, if you're, if you're risking 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or a thousand dollars, try to get some variations where, okay, this game's going to shoot out. Let me get Kelsey Landry, Kareem Hunt, and Tyreek in and with one of these quarterbacks. And, okay, let me play it out where it's a little bit lower scoring. Let me just go with Kelsey or let me just go with Tyreek and split it up that way and run three, four different variations of a game that you think is going to be, you know, got high shootout potential. This game I would play it a couple of different ways. Like the Rams-Green Bay, there's one or two ways I can see that game, you know, playing out. Not as much, you know, with the weapons that Casey has. Yeah, and again, and that's good advice. Again, the implied point total for Kansas City is almost 34 points. So, I mean, that's not, it's, nobody's even close to that. So, it, you know, if you're just leaning on Tyreek Hill with all your lineups and let's say w- with Patrick Mahomes, for example, like that's great. It might work out for you, but, you know, you probably want to have a few lineups with Travis Kelsey and, and maybe some some other guys on that squad. But um, speaking of the Browns, by the way, and speaking of KC, so KC is in the chat. I don't know if you can click on that last comment, Jason, and, and get it to show on the screen, but Either way, Casey brings up that Denzel Ward will be back this week, which is which is a fair point. And, and his question essentially is, you know, oh, there you go. You know, how does that impact Tyreek Hill? Like, I don't think it does. I mean, yeah, you know, nobody nobody can stop this dude. Like, and, literally, it's not even about stopping him. Like, if he just hops behind the line and Mahomes throws like a ninety mile an hour pass to him, which you can do, you got blockers out there. It's not even that matchup no more, and he can just break one for, you know, 60, 70 yards off a screen pass. And the same thing goes. You know, when these these plays kind of break down, you don't want to be chasing around Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes who can just sling it from any spot in the field. So mm-hmm. Tyreek's one of the most unguardable players in the league. So he's somebody I, I really think is matchup proof. Like guys like DK Metcalf who are just tough and strong, there, there's ways to box them in. You know, Devontae Adams a little bit tougher. Um, he's a guy that can beat any kind of coverage because he has Aaron Rodgers on the other side too. But when you have a combination of Mahomes and Tyreek and then Kelsey too that, that brings you know coverage off of Tyreek and the way Andy Reid runs these plays, he'll find a way to get Tyreek open. If, if he's open, he's on the field, and this game is, is high scoring, he's going to be involved no matter who's covering him. So, look, I said it. Kelsey is probably the guy I want first. Um, especially for cash, but I'll definitely have a lot of shares of Tyreek too. Yeah, and honestly, for me, when I was building my lineups at first, for just when I was building GPP lineups only, like Tyreek Hill was the guy I wanted in there. And I, you know, that's I'm just going for upside, right? I'm just going for like two of those long bombs. And we know what Mahomes can do, and we know why the Browns are going to have so much problems with him like listen Kansas City offensive line isn't very good but Mahomes buys time and when you buy time and you have a Tyreek Hill forget about Travis Kelsey and all these other guys who are awesome as well you you have Tyreek Hill running around for an extra one second two second he's going to be free and Mahomes is going to find him which is why I think Kansas City ultimately covers this game because even if the Cleveland Browns defense can run the ball on Kansas City and you know match them for a quarter or two from a scoring standpoint can they do it for four quarters? No, I just don't. I just don't see it. And listen, the, the the Chiefs have laid some eggs before. Remember, Atlanta played them really tough, and Atlanta probably should have beat them. I think it was Week 17 or Week 16. So there are times where Kansas City wilts. But coming off a bye, Andy Reid, they've got all these weapons. And you're right, the Cleveland Browns were kind of gifted the first quarter of that game. They they might get smacked early, and they're just not going to know what to do, especially because it's not a it's not a playoff ready team. If, if we're being honest, just from an experience standpoint. Yeah, but, one quick thing, yeah. just just want to point out there. You know, earlier we talked about the Rams. Cooper Cup didn't practice today. You know, on Wednesday, so we got to monitor that. That kind of changes things. If he's out, I really love Higby at three K. You know, if you're looking for a, a way to stuff, you know. Some of these studs in Cooper Cup being out. If he misses another practice on Thursday and the report on Friday is like he's really shaky, that's a that's a way to 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 pivot down to either some Robert Woods or you know going with Higby and just you know get those targets lock in three K and, and try to get you know eight to ten points. Maybe you know you score a touchdown and get fifteen. So I think Higby becomes a strong play there. And we gotta definitely take a look at Josh Reynolds as well. Um, golf practice, so it's going to be golf. You know, he's probably going to be better than he was last week, um, but I don't really see him having this lights out game. So I won't start him, but the weapons around around him get better. 
You know, I don't, I don't want to be playing wide receivers with, with Walfer out there again. But Hilaire practice limit, you know, limited practice on Wednesday. Any interest, nobody's going to play, you know, Kansas City running back. If they are up by 10, we have these two guys. You, you got Hilaire, who's 5,500. What's your thoughts about, you know, potentially for GBPs throwing out Hilaire if he, you know, gets designated as, as a starter and, you know, 75% of the stats, let's assume that he's not going to get a full workload coming back, but 75% of snaps. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I understand why you do it just to be different, but with Le'Veon, listen, Le'Veon Bell and Darrell Williams, like they might get some work too. And by the way, usually when Darrell Williams gets work, he it, it works out for him. He's he's not terrible in uh, three running backs. Clyde Edwards in his four six seven forty speed. I'm just not interested to be honest. He hasn't, other than week one of this NFL season, he really hasn't proven anything. And again, behind a shaky offensive line, I really think they're going to lean on Patrick Mahomes more than anything. But to your point, late in the game or second half, if they're up double digits, yeah, it could be CEH, but it also could be a little bit too much of Le'Veon and, and Williams. And that's why I'm just like, I'm going to be out on that. Yeah, so. I think GPP is only like, if you're making like 30, 40 lineups, you maybe squeeze, you know, one Le'Veon Bell share. And then if good practice reports are coming out, you know, maybe CEH, you know, like, Five percent of your lineups. Throw them in a player pool. I wouldn't take them out with a a ten point spread right now. And trusting Vegas a little bit, they're gonna pull back the offense a little bit. Ten points could be twenty points on paper, you know. So it could really be the Browns down twenty late in the third quarter, and they're not gonna put Mahomes out there to get him, you know, in any kind of situation that he gets hurt. Same thing with Tyreek and Kelsey. So they'll lean on either Hilaire or Le'Veon Bell. So. It is a high spread. Um, Vegas thinks it's going to be, you know, a pretty dominant game by Kansas City. So if it was a case where we knew it's been Hilaire the last three or four games, it hasn't been Le'Veon Bell, I think he'd be more in the conversation. But practice reports not looking great. If 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 he's out, though, does Le'Veon Bell become a thing? Because he's still limited in practice. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. So if he's out, would you want to play some Le'Veon Bell shares? Not really, because because we've seen that story before, where, where Ceh was out and Le'Veon was the starter, and, and, and Daryl Williams got a lot of work, and Le'Veon really didn't do anything. Not granted, the game I'm thinking of, I think Le'Veon might have gotten dinged up in that game, but no, I, and I just there's so many other guys that that are just as cheap. Like we already talked about, Kareem Hunt from a game script standpoint makes perfect sense. So like, there's so many guys I'd probably rather pay my money on rather than any of those guys in that particular backfield. So, Jason, with that, we got one game left before we get out of here. It's Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay at the Saints. Not that home field, you know, matters too much, but the Saints absolutely destroyed Tampa this year. So that's that's something to keep in mind. And and by the way, it kind of surprises me that the Saints are only favored by three, given the history of these teams this particular year. So maybe I'm falling into a trap, Jason, but I just think the Saints are so much more buttoned up. I'm not a Bruce Arians guy, and as much as you know. Brady's, you know, one of the best. Uh, I could argue that maybe he's not the best, but that's a conversation for a different time. It looks like he's going to have his full complement of receivers, not so much his running backs necessarily, but the Saints dismantled this team. And I think this is more of a, for me, this is just as much a, a play uh, on Sean Payton versus Bruce Arians as it is, you know, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady or the Saints versus the Buccaneers. But again, I'm a little worried I'm falling into a trap here at the Saints minus three. What's your take here? And at this point, you can look like if you look at trends, you can you can split this down the middle anyway. If you look too far one way and you dig down a rabbit hole, it's going to say no team is going to get beat three times. And if you look on the other side, you see what happened the first two games. And it was like that second game was just like craziness. Like I didn't see that coming. Just a, they got obliterated. I think it was 38 to three, whatever the case may be. That was I was shocked. I thought the Bucks, with all the weapons coming into that game, I'm like, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna beat them. After losing the first game, they're gonna come back and beat him. But it's the Brady effect, man. Like I just, I don't see a way that Brady loses this game. So I couldn't look. I feel like I'm in the same position you are. Like I don't feel confident betting on Breeze and the Saints. I don't feel confident betting on Brady and the Bucks. This would be a stay away spot. Just, just enjoy it as a fan. Like I don't want to get upset if I'm wrong making this pick. So I think it's a stay away spot in general, but if I if I had to take a bet, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go with, you know, as good as Sean Payton has been, 
and I love him as a coach. I think he's a great guy, great coach. And look what's happened in the last couple of years in their playoff games. They find ways to lose. And I think Brady, he made that big move. He lost two games. He's got that chip on his shoulder. And everybody calling him a noodle arm and, and all the jokes that are out there. I, I took I took the Bucks to win the Super Bowl when Brady went down there just for fun, just for a futures bet at 1,500. And then Gronkowski came out of nowhere. Antonio Brown came out of nowhere. So I started feeling kind of good about the bet. They've been up and down, but he still got it, man. Like he he looks more of more like a quarterback at this point of his career than Breeze does. You know, just from an arm strength and getting guys open and making the right reads. I think he's more in this game than the than uh, Breeze is, and I think the weapons, man, he's still slinging it out there. I, I don't think Breeze is ready to shoot back. You know, it's going to be a lot of Kamara for them to win this game. It's going to be mostly Kamara. If they win this game, it's Kamara having a monster day, you know, screen passes, just breaking tackles, scoring two or three touchdowns and going for 170, 180, and, and dominating from the offensive side. And Brady, you know, getting some pressure, making some mistakes. But if it comes down to quarterback versus quarterback, I think Brady wins this game and he – he has that chip. Not that Breeze doesn't. Like Breeze is going to be up for this game. But big shout out to Brady just for making that. I don't know if you saw it yet, but someone got out him for um, him being old or whatever the case may be. I guess he hit up his graphic designer and he put on like the History Channel logo and he he had like a beard superimposed. He kind of looks like Noah from Noah's Ark and they they made Drew Breeze's hairline like recede even more and he looked really old. So like he made fun of himself like. So I give him credit, man. I was always, I was always not a Brady fan until like he turned forty. I just start like having the utmost respect for what he does, how he stays in the game. He's not doing it for the money. He's doing it for the competition. He's doing it for the rings, and I think he's gonna pull his game out. You know, I think Antonio has a reason to to really grind his game out. Gronkowski, you know, more or less, he came back for Brady. He got convinced to come back. So they have a lot of a lot of guys on the scene that are super motivated that. They're doing this for one reason, and it's to make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. So I don't think they get knocked out early. They, they breeze through the first game. And I think it's a tight game, but I think I think the Bucs win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I mean, as I said, I like the Saints. I, I, I respect your argument, though. I mean, it's I you know you can't really have too much conviction about either side here, but but I can lean on at least like that last game. I mean, it was like bad. yeah, it was it, really bad. It, it, it was never it was never even close it literally looked like a college team trying to figure stuff out against an NFL team. I mean, that's yeah. like, that's what it looked like. So I, I kind of can't get that out of my head. And you know, Michael Thomas is back. He's got a game under his belt finally. So the the thing is, you know, one, one thing I, I want to consider too is, you know, in the fourth quarter last week, Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. I mean, that game was still kind of hanging in the balance with like, you know, eight, 10 minutes left. So it's something to consider, you know, I'm picturing the Saints watching this game and seeing Taylor. Now, granted, Taylor Heineke is more like Taysom Hill than he is Drew Brees. And, and I think Tampa had some huge issues with that because I don't think they expected him to move quite that much. So they don't have to worry about that. But he also was throwing the ball down the field quite well, too. And I just can't get the image out of my head of like Drew Brees looking at his TV, you know, with whoever he's with. Maybe he's, you know, on a on a Zoom call with, with Sean Payton. They're watching it together. And it's like, Oh man, if Taylor's doing this, like, well, what am I going to get to do next week? And so, again, I'm thinking I, the opposite. I'm thinking if Sean Payton's seeing this, I need some more Taysom Hill in my life right now. Yeah. I want, I want to get Taysom Hill running down the down the sidelines and, sure. and and reaching for the end zone. And pretty fun fact, man, uh, Fanduel, I believe, not I believe, I know, they slid Taysom Hill to the running back position for this week just to make it. Just to make people get cute and, and throw him in at the running back. He's 5,100 on FanDuel at the running back spot. So that makes it interesting, you know, to some extent. He's going to get some touches around the goal line. You know, he can easily – they love using him down there. They really love using him down there. He had a bad game last game. But at 5,100 on FanDuel, pretty much minimum salary, he's going to garner some ownership. And if Latavius Murray is out, you know, he could become a play – you know, over on FanDuel because he'll get even extra, you know, goal line work and work around the field. And if for any reason this game becomes a blowout, you know, maybe I'll have a share or two of Taysom at the running back spot on FanDuel. But I like Kamara a lot. You know, I think Kamara um, showed what he can do late in the year. He used to be the number one draft pick in every season long, you know, or number one, number two, number three. 
guy is a freak athlete, super talented. He won't get you less than, you know, 20 DraftKings points with a full point PPR. So I think Kamara is going to be your cash game running back. He's the elite running back on this slate. He's a guy that you got to kind of lock in first for your cash games. He has the upside. The games against New Orleans, I mean, uh, against Tampa Bay this year, they didn't really need him. You know, I don't remember the entire game script, but he didn't have big games in either game. He had, I think he had, looking now, he had 16 yards in the first game, which is just odd, and he had 40 yards in the second game. Got touchdowns in both, was involved in the passing game. Um, he, he scored a, a receiving touchdown as well. But that was a different team, you know, on both sides. I think for the most part, if it wasn't for Tampa having these three wide receivers that I don't want to play the game with, but maybe it ends up like that Pittsburgh game, um, this is the stackable game. This what should be a tight game uh, where both offenses can just go back and forth with touchdowns here. So I think you know this is the stackable game. How you get it right is the difficult part just because Tampa Bay is so difficult to get right. And I don't know if I was alone on this, but what what – Arians and the beat reporters did to me with uh, with the Fournette and Ronald Jones situation. Like Ronald Jones was sitting there laughing, knowing he's not coming off that bench, but nobody in DFS or, or Benningland knew he wasn't getting in that game hours before the game. We only found out like midway through the first quarter, which was just asinine. Like someone should have announced that, so I don't lose a bunch of money, and other people lose a bunch of money on it. But you know, so I, I think this could, you know, if he's out again. Fournette is that guy you you must have in cash games. I think he's the safest. If if Jones is out, he's safer than Kareem Hunt. He's safer than Singletary in that same price range. That's a guy I want if if Ronald Jones is out because he's involved either way. Goal line work, passing attack. You know, as long as he's blocking for Brady, he should see like 80, 90% of the volume if Ronald Jones is out. So he becomes a smash play at that price. But Mike Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Like, who do you want? They 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 price them the same. They get the same amount of targets. Evans keeps on catching balls and like getting tackled at the one yard line every single game, and then somebody else sneaks in. So it's tough to get these guys right because there's so many weapons. And Gronk hasn't done much recently, but he can always get a couple of touchdowns. So it's it's tough getting this team right. Brady naked is a thing. You know, I, I think you can play Brady by himself and not really try to pinpoint. You know, maybe grab one of the receivers like an Antonio Brown, you know, or Godwin or an Evans, either one, you know, take your pick or build, you know, three lineups, one with each um, and not overly stack this game. But, you know, Michael Thomas, as safe as it gets, you know, the pricing is wrong on this guy. He's still priced like a, a mid-range wide receiver where he's an elite receiver with a good quarterback with not much around him. You know, Jared Cook is probably the guy who gets the second most targets. Sanders is up and down. They've used, you know, these these uh, backup, you know, wide receivers recently that have been getting touches and scoring points. But Thomas is definitely the dude out there. So Thomas is the safest, one of the safest wide receivers on the entire board at that price. Yeah, and by the way, Deontay Harris, I believe, had a had a ton. Yeah, of he had a monster game. game. Yeah. So that's at thirty five hundred, if you want to take, it, I mean, you're chasing points at that point. But he's thirty five hundred. So if you need to jam somebody in, maybe that's the guy. And by the way, so so these games are obviously Saturday and Sunday. And so one thing to consider, especially on DraftKings, is late swap. So if you're not sure about the injury reports with respect to Ronald Jones or Mike Evans or even Antonio Brown, but you want to jam some of these guys in your lineup for the full four game slate. Go ahead and do it because you are going to have to have the opportunity to late swap. You're going to have the opportunity to see all the news. I know, Jason, we're on uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Saturday night. Uh, Sunday night as well, of course, you and Michael Raziel. But my point is, is we can talk that through during that show, right? And we can talk it through during our live streams and, and in our Discord and, and all of that stuff. So you can have shares of these games and then, you know, if you hear something you know weird about Mike Evans' ankle or Antonio Brown's quad or even Ronald Jones, you can just swap them out and you'll you'll have like like you said, the pricing is actually similar across all of the receivers. So you can uh, late swap no problem before this game tips at six forty Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. Yeah, hundred percent, and definitely just you know stage your lineup right where the guys that you have late or in your flex spot, so you're you're able to make those pivots and you know just. On that point, if if you're in a position where you're trailing, you have a couple guys that are just in a bad spot, you know, early on Saturday and it didn't work out for you, you know, go ahead and, and take some chances then. Don't go ahead and play Michael Thomas. If you know you need a big game for somebody that's low owned to chase him, you got to hope that Michael Thomas has a bad game 
he's 50, 60% owned or 40% owned. And then you go ahead and grab, you know, one of these Tampa Bay guys that can be, you know, garnering lower ownership. And that's how you climb the leaderboard. So in these playoffs, you're never really dead. Um, you know, we saw what happened. You're not dead if you stacked the, the last game on the slate with Pittsburgh. So it can happen again. My advice to everybody is play the Saturday, Sunday slate, a four-game slate, a lot more diversity. You can get a little bit different. You know, you can still play these two-game two slates on Saturday. I'll definitely have a couple of shares, but put more of your investment in that Saturday, Sunday slate. Yeah, totally agree. So, Jason, that that's it. We covered a, way more DFS than I thought we would, which is actually good prep for our, our Saturday show and, and your Sunday show on Fantasy Sports Radio. Um, so I know they can find you at Jason Mizrahi, but any, any parting words with regard to the playoffs, Jason? Parting words? I'm going to win these two bets off you, man. I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bucks. You can have the Saints and you can have uh, your Ravens. I know you're, you're high on Lamar Jackson and, and his Ravens offense, so – I'm going to go the other side, man. We'll make a friendly bet. You know, maybe a loser has to send the other person some DoorDash for the Super Bowl. So, Oh, that's a fun bet. Let's do that. It just came in my head. So if we split, then we split. Um, But if if not, you know, loser has to send over a nice meal. Like maybe, you know, whatever the other person wants in their area. I'm in New York. You know, maybe I'll get, you know, something simple. Maybe a thing of wings or whatever the case may be. I'll send you some food if you win. And then if I win, you can send me some food. How's that sound? So this is against the spread, of course. So I got the Ravens plus two and a half in the in the Saints minus three. Fine. Do All it. Right. I mean, I, do yeah. It. Okay. All right. Well, what, what's the tiebreaker? That's a good question. Uh, we'll come up we'll come up with that later on. Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. I don't know. Yeah, because we're only taking two games, so we got to figure out a good tiebreaker. Do you want to pick a third game for a tiebreaker? Or we oh, now we're actually well, we're both on the Chiefs, I think, and we're both probably on the Packers. We could go, we could go DFS, like pick a DFS guy from a particular game, and who's who's going to outscore who, for example. Like for example, the the Chiefs game. Who's your favorite? Oh, Kelsey versus Tyreek Hill. You want to take Kelsey? I'll take Tyreek Hill as a tiebreaker only. Um, how about Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson? Ooh, that is a good one. <laughs> Damn, you trapped me. Oh, uh, because I don't want to take that, but it's too good. Or you want to go Brady Breeze? Brady Breeze. No, no, no. I, I, no. Let's let's get this decided on Saturday night. Um, let's go Lamar Josh Allen. I actually like that. I think I think Josh is going to have two turnovers, and that's why Lamar Jackson is going to eclipse him ultimately in a, in, in DFS. I'll yeah, take Lamar. It, yeah. So yeah, you can get it over with. So if if, if you win, so technically we kind of have three bets now. So if we if we tie. Then it's going to come down to that. All right, cool. Let's do it. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. DraftKings points or FanDuel points? Does it make a difference? Let's, let's do DraftKings. Draft yeah, draft there there you go. All right, man. We got a bet, man. All right. So, so find either you enjoy sending you some food or enjoy eating some food paid by you. Either way, it's a win-win. So let's do it. That's right. That's right. You can find you at Jason Mizrahi at Windy Sports on Sirius XM Radio. You can find me at the same places other than that at Jason Mizrahi part because you can find me at Sia Najad or on Instagram at Sia Najad Sports. And uh, we'll be with you all weekend. You'll see our faces. You'll hear us on the radio. And we're looking forward to it. So thanks for joining us on the Win Daily Show. Sports.